Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? I learned that from the Nancy Drew detective. Okay, go. You think you can follow the clues and solve the case of the missing condiment, Nancy Drew? Because I've read every Nancy Drew mystery ever written. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. Wow, you suck at this Nancy Drew stuff. You should get a new hobby. My name is Carson Drew, and this is my assistant, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy Drew. It's curtains for you, Miss Drew. Welcome, regular Drews. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 53. Today we're going to be discussing The Hidden Staircase, the 2019 movie adaption of Nancy Drew, starring Sophia Lillis, directed by Kat Shea, um, also has Zaddy Forever, Sam Trimble, <laughs> um, I just might have just a little bit of a crush on Sam Trimble. It's fine. That is um, fine. Corey, what were your thoughts about this just right off the bat? It was a movie. You didn't like it? I was not a huge fan. No. <gasps> I thought oh, it was... no. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I thought... Uh, I'm shocked. Helen and Carson stole the show on this and everything else okay. was just kind of like, eh. It didn't feel okay. like Nancy for reasons that we will get to. Well, yes. Like, yeah. it didn't feel like Nancy's personality, the mystery... Sure. Didn't seem like the greatest adaptation because we focus on it for like 20 minutes. It's like there's one haunting scene and that's all we get of, okay. of Twin Elms. Yeah, it just didn't really, I didn't love it. I'm sorry. Interesting. No, no, you're very yeah. entitled to your opinion. I just, I like it. Really? Okay. Yes. I remember so you this talking is highly of discussion. Okay. Uh Yeah. I know that critically it didn't do well. Um, that I it saw really that it flopped. Was, yeah, it did yeah. not make a lot of money in the box office. Yeah. Like $600,000 or something. Yeah. Really, was, really low. Did really poorly. I remember I, because I went to go see this in theaters when it came out. Mm -hmm. um, I was there what, at very, that opening weekend or something, I presume. Wow, okay. No one was in the theater. Wow. It was like me, Lance, and like one other person. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> I would love to to know what their marketing decisions were like on this. Yeah. I don't, obviously, I'm not the target audience for this. It felt like it was supposed to be a much yeah. younger, definitely a family mm -hmm. movie. But I don't think I had ever even heard of this movie until after it had, it had been out for like a year. So That's I just. crazy. I, I was like, what do you mean there's a movie out? Great. Okay. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, mm, I don't know if I'll watch it. So this was my first time ever watching it was for this yeah. episode. Yeah, I don't know much about its production, um, except that I know that Ellen DeGeneres was a producer yeah. in this movie, which is just kind of random. It shows, um, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know how much she had to do with it, if it was just a money thing or, or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it, I, again, don't know anything about how they promoted it. I just remember hearing about it and being like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to put that on my calendar and go see it. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't do well nope 
um, oh well. which I thought was a shame. But um, I guess you didn't like it. So yeah, that's interesting. Wow, I de- there was definitely stuff that I didn't they don't like about it, and a, a big part of that is Nancy's characterization. Again, did not I agree with you one hundred percent? Did not feel anything like Nancy. Um, but also the soundtrack felt like was horrible. Oh, the soundtrack was um, awful. I hate it. Was really I bad. It. <laughs> um, because it felt like a like early two thousands like preteen girl movie, and I was I, like, we're in twenty nineteen. No, yeah. we're in twenty nineteen. No, but like that's I think that that's what they were going for. I mean, like, oh that, god, that vibe like, who? It felt like it. In what universe you're like? That's what I want to do. <laughs> It it very much felt like this is Nancy a name only because of girl power and there's girl yeah, power yeah, and Nancy yeah. is a girl who's a powerful girl. Great right. thumbs up. Yeah, check that off the list. It definitely has that vibe. But I thought the adaption, like as far as like the story goes, was actually pretty good, relatively faithful, and managed to give us some really good. Um, like drops of information, you know what I mean? Like sprinkled throughout that you're like, oh, that, oh, I know about that. I know about that and that and that, right? Yeah. Um, where, you know, but also maintained a good storyline for like a young viewer who didn't, you know, ha- the book. wouldn't necessarily know those references, right? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I also did really love that um, the Nancy Bess and George and Helen because Helen is also, of course, in this, and Bess and George are in this as well, all felt like they were actually 16 years old. Yes, and feel that is a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> like they were like many adults. They were definitely young teenagers. And they were supposed um, to be 16 in this, not 18. Yes, so that I right. did like that part. Yes. And so I felt like it was, it felt much more realistic for what, those ages would be like today instead of when you see adaptions because I feel like back in the 30s and the 50s a 16 year old um, was much more adultified potentially um, than they would they would be in 2019 Um, and so I felt like kind of making them seem younger because like the age that they actually are and that they how they would seem in 2019 was just kind of like fresh you know like wasn't something that you'd see you see a lot in Nancy Drew adaptions and I also I did appreciate the fact that it was geared towards like younger kids um, than most of the Nancy Drew adaptions that we've seen so interesting we'll get into the yeah Yeah. details here in a minute yeah so three words pink pink (laughs) no I like it and like pink girly, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did like uh, Miss Flora's character as well. She was great. <laughs> she also stole the show, but just in her own way, not necessarily mm-hmm. in in terms of character development. But right, 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 right. Her. Okay. Um, and then I think River Heights. Okay. Yeah. You know, because it's very much set in a time and a place. I would say haunting, but it's not even about a haunted house because you get like really. four seconds worth of haunting and then Nancy. Yeah. What? I think that was faithful though. We need to, we'll, yeah, we'll have know. to talk about it. <laughs> um, okay. So, so, so pink river Heights. Longboard. Yes. Longboard. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, Perfect. gosh. Because uh, Nancy Drew is a longboarder now, apparently. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure how I felt about that one. I was like, okay. It very it felt very much like Nancy's not like the other girls. She's smarter than all of them and therefore yeah. better. Um and she she feels like she's smarter than everyone else too. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's let's dive into it so that we can actually talk about this. <laughs> so um we start the movie with Nancy longboarding down um Main Street of River Heights. It's pretty empty. Um and George is like simultaneously like frantically running down the street like after her, like looking for her. She she doesn't actually see her on the street, but she's trying to find her and so she's running along like asking people like, "Hey, have you seen Nancy? Have you seen Nancy? Have you seen Nancy Drew?" Um it's cute. I guess, if a little bit unrealistic. I don't know that you would actually run around like that trying to find your friend. I know I wouldn't, no. but especially maybe not she the, the reason she's doing it. It's like Yeah, I don't know. I think anyway. you would just like text them and call them and then if they didn't pick up, it's like, well, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um but anyway, she also, George runs past uh, a man ripping down a poster that says stop the train and putting up in its place a poster that says save River Heights, build the train. Mm-hmm. Um, then once Georgia does finally catch up to Nancy, she shows her something on her phone that she says has gone viral and that it's about Bess and that now Bess is like so upset about this that she won't leave the house. Um, so that's where they go. They go over to Bess's house and... After convincing Bess to open up the door, we finally see that the thing that George was showing Nancy that has gone viral is a cruel video of Bess dropping some books in the school hallway. And then someone has, like, dubbed over, like, this awful song that just, like, repeats the phrase, like, Dirty Bess, like, over and over again. This is horrific. (laughs) This, I don't know, I don't know what about this, but this, like, really, like, made me feel It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, Nancy, though, after just like one watch through of this video, presumably, or I don't know, maybe she's watched it a couple times on their way here. It's it's unclear. Um, but she's already determined who is responsible for making this video. Some kid named Derek Barnes, because she can actually like see his reflection in like a window of this footage. Um, apparently, he's like a frequent bully of Bess, so it's unsurprising that he's the one behind it. Bess is like super upset about this, of course. Um, but even so, she still warns Nancy not to go after him for this because she can, like, see, like, Nancy wants to. <laughs> um, because apparently Derek and, and his girlfriend are from, like, two of the richest families in town. And she also says that, like, Nancy wouldn't understand this because Nancy has only spent summers here. Um, and this is interesting. Um, I definitely want to talk about this later. Yeah, Nancy isn't from River Heights she's actually from Chicago and she is moving to River Heights um but I think Carson is from River Heights and so that's why she spends summers here if that makes sense Nancy of course takes the moral high ground in this um and she doesn't want to let a bully get away with bullying someone uh much less her friend and she doesn't want to like let him go on to bully more people you know, and she's like, but if we let him get away with this, he's just going to do it to somebody else. Right. And so that is what Bess and George get on board with. Um, and so they decide to go ahead and make a plan for payback. This part- 
part's interesting. <laughs> I will say. Um, <sighs> basically, they like intuit that Derek, who is a football player, goes to the gym a lot, I guess, because he's working out for football. Um, so they go there. Um, and Nancy decides to hit him where he's most prideful, which is his social media presence. I did. This is one thing that I didn't like about <laughs> this movie is I felt like, and maybe this was indicative of the time. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not a child. I wasn't a child in 2019. Um, but it was just very like Instagram and viral and social media, this and that and bullying. And it was all just very like a little cliche. It didn't feel super natural. Um, it definitely felt like an adult trying to speak kid. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, um, so Nancy installs something into a shower head in the boys locker room at the gym. Um, while Bess like surreptitiously films Derek working out and George, who is still our resident tech genius in this, hacks into the gym cameras. Nancy covers the rest of the shower heads in caution tape, which forces Derek after his workout to shower in the under the shower head that Nancy has tampered with. Um, and he gets covered in slowly changing blue dye. Which I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't think it's a real thing. It certainly can't be a real thing in the way that they did it. Um, no, because no. it looked very fake. The CGI um, was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Which goes but for all the CGI in this movie. but Yeah. Basically, he comes out of the locker room looking normal. Um, but he starts to, like, quote-unquote, help the cheerleaders work out. I guess he's a trainer for the cheerleaders. I don't know. Something like okay. that. Gross. Um, he slowly starts to turn blue. And then everybody starts laughing at him. Um, and then Nancy, with... Bess's help from filming Derek and George hacking into the, I guess, gym network or something, broadcast a video, like an edited video of him that they have just, I guess, just done from Bess's recording of him, like, harassing girls in the gym and being a creep. Um, and Nancy, like, announces over um, the PA that, like, when you humiliate others, Derek, you will be humiliated as well. It's it's cute. I mean, it's clearly payback, right? Yeah. And the girls are very happy about it. And it's successful. Everybody's laughing at Derek. And he's clearly very angry um, and upset about it. But then we, like, immediately cut to the police station where Derek Jones's father is yelling at Carson about suing him because Nancy has, quote-unquote, assaulted his son. Which I guess she has. Yeah, um, Because she is, you know covered him in blue dye um carson does bring up the fact that you know hey what about this video of Bess that was posted from your ip address you know like your son is a bully also right and so you know derek's dad leaves angry um carson tells the sheriff this is not chief mcginnis which i thought was a missed opportunity yeah um he's a sheriff um which I guess is just supposed to be indicative of the fact that this is a small town. Right, right. I don't know. And we also never get the sheriff's name, though, which is interesting. They could have at least called him Sheriff McGinnis. Um, you know? It, it's on his badge. It was some funny name, honestly. I don't remember hmm. what it was, but 
I don't, I don't think I ever noticed that, but yeah. Um, so Carson tells the sheriff that he'll make sure Nancy pays for the damages to the gym. And then the sheriff says that, sorry, that's not going to be enough because this isn't Nancy's first offense. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, he says he's going to give her community service for the rest of the summer as, you know, like consequences for her actions. But this bothered me. <laughs> How? I'm sorry, Nancy just immediately comes out of that, um, like, police station with community service. How, she has to go to the through the court process, right? Well, yeah. She has to be sentenced. Um, and the sheriff is not a judge and can't do that. Right. I thought, okay, well, maybe he's saying he won't pursue charges if Nancy does community service for the rest of the summer. But it definitely doesn't play out that way. No, um, yeah, later. Y- yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> it definitely seems like, because she has to do community service later, it seems like court-ordered community service. She's being supervised and monitored. And right. they even call her, like, a convict or whatever. And it's like, but but when was she convicted of a crime? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That does bother me. Carson does also ground her. Um, she's indignant about it, though, because she thinks she was doing the right thing. But we also, this is also where we learned that she burned the word assassin into her neighbor's yard because her neighbor's yard was shooting crows. <laughs> First of all, who does that? Like, who just An sits assassin. there and shoots crows? That's really... <laughs> yeah. Horrific animal abuse. Yeah. But also that's assassin? Awful. That's a weird word to it use. It is. It is. Maybe use, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just shorter than, like, writing animal abuser, burning animal abuser into someone's yard. Murderer. Murderer. crows. You could say murderer. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. Carson also tells her that if she thinks that making everybody in the town hate them is going to make them move back to Chicago, then she's wrong. But, yeah. So this is where we kind of learn that they just recently left Chicago because it reminded Carson too much of Nancy's mom, who I guess supposedly was supposed to have died a little bit more recently. Right. It um, seems like it this. was like just over the past year or something. Right. Um, but Nancy fires back like, well, you never gave me a choice if we wanted to leave Chicago and I don't want to forget mom. Like, that's why I wanted to be in Chicago. Right. So clearly this is a sore point between them. Carson wanted to move to try to move past things and Nancy did not want to. Right. Uh, So at this point, we see that there is like this festival happening in town and Carson and Nancy are kind of walking through what seems like maybe just like the town square. Um, There's like rows and rows of tents set up and we actually see Hannah. Um, I wish, I don't know. I'm torn of like, should they have made her Aunt Eloise? But Hannah's more like familiar Mm. to audiences. But um, in this, Hannah is Carson's sister instead of just like their housekeeper or whatever um so we meet hannah and she is obviously a baker because she has a little tent set up she is selling pies at this festival and i guess nancy's like there to help with the selling pies and then um is this when nate comes over yeah so carson is kind of standing there with hannah um and they start talking a little bit more about this train situation that's coming through town um we learn that hannah is very pro train because she wants to bring more people and more businesses into river heights into river heights um and carson is very against this train he says he wants to preserve river heights because it has this small town charm and putting the railroad through the town is just going to ruin everything 
Um, and this is when we meet Carson's friend, Nate. Um, he's come over to get Carson because they're about to go to this town hall meeting that's going to be about the train. And we learned that before Nancy and Carson got there, there was no train debate. Like everybody in town was super pro train. But now that Carson's in town, he's starting to sway people and there, more and more people yeah. are becoming anti-train. Sometime later, um, we flashed to Nancy. She's like getting on her longboard. I guess she's like just headed home or whatever. But she stops and she sees Derek and his dad um, getting into this car. They're like having an argument a little bit. But while they're talking, Derek sees her and like goes to like almost confront her. But her dad like or his dad um, is like, no, get back in the car. And they mm -hmm. get in the car and they drive off. So um, then we see Nancy continuing to ride her longboard home. She's riding down Main Street again when suddenly this car comes up behind her and starts like revving really fast and starts chasing her. Um, so she turns off down down this alley. The car also starts chasing her down the alley and almost runs her down. Uh, but Nancy all of a sudden like stops short, picks up her longboard, wheels around, uh, basically forcing the car to stop right in front of her and the driver gets out. She starts shouting at him, like, what is your problem? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Did you not see me? And he starts threatening Nancy and says, your father better be careful because a lot of important people stand to lose a lot of money if this railroad thing doesn't go through. Um, so you pass this message on to Carson. He even, like, grabs her and starts telling her that he can get violent if he needs to, but then just drops it and leaves. He's just like, I will get violent. Bye. <laughs> and that's that's basically it. He and he's like he gets back in the car and he's like, You tell Carson that Willie Wharton um says to get on board or get out of my way. All right. I love that little southern twang you round into. You tell Carson that Willie Wharton says <laughs> Oh gosh. Willie Wharton does sound like a very southern name. I'll, I'll give it to you. It kinda does. Yeah, that was not intentional yeah. with the accent, but <laughs> Um, okay, so we get back home and Nancy's telling Carson about what just happened and he is absolutely furious to hear this. Um, but Hannah overhears this and she comes in and she's kind of the voice of reason is like, don't do anything rash because this guy is like super bad news. Like, you know, I've known him for a while. He's like not a good guy. Everybody in town kind of doesn't like him. So just leave it alone, please. All right. So we flash to the next day. Nancy is starting her community service and she is um, getting ready to start picking up trash outside the courthouse. And she is currently under the supervision of Deputy, Deputy Pushover, <laughs> Deputy Patrick, who looks like he is probably 18 years old. He is a little baby, clearly brand new to the police force. I didn't even know you could be a police officer that young, but he... I don't know if this was supposed to be well, like a flirting with Nancy thing. He almost seems like he's going to develop into a romantic I interest. Know. And I don't like that. I was very glad that the the movie did not go there. Because yeah. I was like, Nancy is 16. I don't yeah. know who this guy is. Right. Um, but there was no romantic. I mean, you can see how it could develop. But there were yeah. no romantic vibes or even really flirting. And I was like, thank God. Yeah. Thank, um, thank God we did not need that. Um but he's technically a deputy sheriff, right? This is not a this is not a police station, so right. he's not a police officer. He's a deputy sheriff, and so I have no idea what kind of qualifications you have to have to be a deputy sheriff. I don't know. Maybe be the son of I don't know <laughs> sheriff. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. We don't really get any information about him. Yeah. He's just a pushover, and Nancy can see it right away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So she starts picking up trash and she overhears a conversation between uh, an older woman and a younger woman who are like walking out of the courthouse and the sheriff is with them. Um, basically, basically, they're like, you know, you go in that house and you tell me it's not haunted. Why wouldn't you do anything about this? You know, what else are you doing that you couldn't come investigate? Um, basically, they're upset because he's refusing to send out his as he calls it, his one and only deputy. He doesn't have time to, to waste his deputy on, on something so silly. Um, but they say that their, their house is haunted and they just want someone to come over and investigate for them. The sheriff kind of implies that she is making it up or has been drinking or is senile and just isn't really seeing these things that she thinks she's seeing. Um, he says, besides, we don't investigate ghosts or anything supernatural, so it's silly and it's a waste of my time. Nancy, however, is very intrigued by this and <laughs> immediately inserts herself into this conversation. Um, we learn that the young girl here is Helen, Helen Corning, um, and she is actually Derek's girlfriend. So the the bully that we mentioned earlier, his girlfriend, even though, you know, he's flirting with all these cheerleaders and stuff. And the older woman is her great aunt Flora. Nancy immediately offers to help them. And Helen is like, um, you know, she knows about the stuff between Derek and Nancy and all the bullying and everything. So she's not on Nancy's side at all. And she's like, no, we don't need your help. But um, great aunt Flora loves Nancy instantly and is like, you're the girl that made that video about the the jerk that my great niece is seeing or grandniece, great niece. What is it? I don't know. I have no idea what how you would say that. Well, Aunt Flora's anti-Derek, we can tell. Yeah. And so she likes Nancy because she's also anti-Derek. And so she's like, oh, you're that young lady. Well, you're hired. Come on. Um, so Nancy just skips out on community service because she's Nancy Drew and she can do that. Um, and they go to like sit down at this picnic table to talk about things. Um, we get a little bit more about the backstory of the hauntings now. Aunt Flora starts telling us that the Colfax brothers, who... I don't know why they would change that from the Turnbulls, but for whatever. I don't know if there's a significance of that, but the Colfax brothers. They also changed the date, which I think is significant. But mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's also <laughs> not two houses. Like I get to the end of the movie yeah. and I was like, wait a minute, the tunnel just. There's okay. no review. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the brothers in 1885 built twin, twin elms, which is where she's living now. Um, but they actually fell out over a girl, not because of the civil war, not because of some vague dispute that they'd had, but one of the brothers proposed, um, and the other brother was like in love with the woman. So they had this big argument and the jilted brother killed the fiance and the other brother and buried them in the walls of twin elms and then he himself died by suicide um so morbid and creepifying <laughs> yes so flora is telling us that twin elms is haunted because of this obviously it's these three ghosts that are haunting the house and she can actually hear them sometimes crying from inside the walls <laughs> awesome <laughs> Yes. Um, we do also have her tell us a little bit about her like former friend who yeah. she calls Rosie. So I guess that's a yes. reference to our Rosemary yeah. in the yeah. um from the books. But um we have this like weird scene where she's like, Oh yeah, you know, unlikely friends can happen. Wink wink, Nancy and <laughs> Helen, and they're both like, um, no, we would never be friends with each other. We hate each other. We're just mm -hmm. doing this for you, Aunt Flora. <laughs> it's it's weird, but 
Okay, so Nancy goes home and she tries to convince Carson to let her go to Twins, Twin Elms. She's just going to spend one night there. Um, she's like, I know I'm grounded, but please, can I go? It's for a mystery. Uh, and Carson's like, you know, I'm super busy with this train thing anyway, and I'm going to be out of town tomorrow. So you know what? Fine, I will let you go. So long as you keep in very close contact with me, I need to hear from you first thing at night or, or last thing at night and first thing in the morning. Please always check in with me. Um, so the next day, Nancy shows up at Twin Elms with they. <laughs> yeah. She shows up. She shows up at Twin Elms to investigate, and we meet Helen there, and they kind of have this like little truce between them for for at least for the night, um, and they start to investigate. So we walk up to Twin Elms, and we see that it is the most fantastic place ever, and I would love <laughs> to live there. Everything is purple and pink on the outside. Um, yeah. It's obviously a very old old home. It's very like. Victorian style, I would say, but the front lawn is covered in like pink pinwheels and purple pinwheels and pink flamingos and flowers everywhere. And um, the grass is pink and purple. She's like put powdered stuff all over the lawn outside to make the lawn look like it is pink and purple. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> they go inside and they see that the whole place is just absolutely covered ceiling to floor in every decoration you can imagine she's still got christmas decorations everywhere there's like pink boas and just everything is pink and purple and sparkly and um, everything has sequins or beads or something on it yeah. it just is all spectacular um so nancy obviously is obsessed with this she's like oh my god <laughs> you're amazing who wouldn't want to be you when they grow up I know I I want to be. I I, I really do like too. the portrayal of Miss Flora. Especially hearing some of her her story. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so do you want to take it from here? Sure. The sure. Um so they go into the dining room and they're just kind of talking and yeah, this is where we we learn more about kind of Flora's history that she used to dance burlesque and she knew Mick Jagger. Um just like all of this very cool stuff and clearly like she's this older single woman who's like embracing her femininity. It's very it's very lovely. It's a great um, portrayal. I love it. Yeah. So we're we're talking about all of this um when and then flora starts explaining the haunting that she's been experiencing um she says like she's heard weird sounds there's been music that she didn't turn on and lights flickering and everything and at this point helen has gone into the kitchen to like bring out a dessert because this is like we're nighttime now and they've had dinner or whatever um but we hear her from the kitchen like shriek and like drop something and something shattering so Flora and Nancy both rush into the kitchen to check on Helen, and Helen is just freaking out. She tells them that she saw a creepy face in the window mm -hmm. um, looking at her. This time, not a gorilla, but a warthog. <laughs> why not? <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I think it's because the one of the Colfax brothers is supposed to be like a pig farmer or something. And so oh, they're like, right, the right. pig man, yeah. the pig man or whatever. Um, so she sees this creepy face outside the window um, and so Nancy immediately rushes outside with her phone flashlight, um, and she sees a car pulling out from Twin Elms and driving away. A car that looks an awful lot like Derek's dad's car that she saw the other day when Derek and when she saw Derek and his dad in the street. Right. Um, we also find Deputy Patrick weirdly um or he kind of finds us um he's here to check on the haunting situation because he was worried about flora because apparently he's known flora ever since he was little and he 
knew about this and felt kind of bad that the sheriff didn't want to send him to investigate. So he's just here on his own. Oh, uh, Nancy tells Patrick about the ghost sighting. And then Patrick also mentions seeing Derek's dad's car as well. Um, And basically, he just tells Nancy, "Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and walk the property before I leave. Go back inside and call me if anything else happens. He also gives uh, her his flashlight. Um, So now she has this big black flashlight, which is just really great and iconic that she carries throughout the rest of the movie. Later in the evening, Helen, Nancy, and Flora are all playing cards. Um, They're kind of talking about what has happened. And Helen tells Nancy that Derek and his entire family are away on vacation right now. So there's no way that that was their car that you saw. Like, it must have... There's tons of cars that look like that in River Heights. I'm sure it was somebody else, right? Nancy's like, okay, very convenient alibi, right? I'm sure. (laughs) How is it, though, if if this has been going on for months, then him being away on vacation today doesn't give him an alibi for right. last week, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. she didn't see the car last week. She only saw the car tonight. So, sure. Yeah, but yeah. Sure. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but Helen makes a great point. She's like, okay, but then, but why would Derek or Derek's family want to scare Aunt Flora? Like, what reason could they possibly have for that? Uh, we don't really get any theorizing about that or anything because, uh, just then, uh, Aunt Flora lays down a winning hand, and the lights start to flicker. Okay, so our haunting has begun. Immediately after the lights flicker, we see a shadow pass by in the archway. Then they hear, like, footsteps, like, sounds like almost like they're coming from above them. Um, there's, like, a door slamming. Nancy starts to, like, get up and follow these sounds, but then loud music starts playing so she follows that and she finds like a little bluetooth speaker and turns it off but just as soon as she turns that off another bluetooth speaker starts playing uh so she finds that and turns it off and then she finds two more and (laughs) turns those off um apparently these actually belong to aunt flora she has like these little pink bluetooth speakers everywhere even one like under the dining room table for some reason i don't know it made it seem like she just like has these in her house and the ghost took it and put it somewhere that they wouldn't right. likely oh, find right. it. Yeah, Not yeah. that Aunt Flora actually just keeps it under her table, right. you know? That's a but. good point. <laughs> I was like, what is this woman doing? Yeah. I thought that um, was weird the first time it happened. I was like, oh, I see, I see what's going on now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, then suddenly, as so they're back in the dining room and the lights get very bright in the dining room, like that buzzes and everything gets really bright and then things start like sparking. Um, and then almost all the lights go out. Um, but then suddenly some of the lights come back on, but they're like floating now from the chandelier. They're like floating around the ceiling of the room. And Nancy's like, okay, nobody panic. There's gotta be a logical explanation for all of this, (laughs) even though she's very clearly freaked out. Um, and then suddenly Helen is dragged back in her chair by a shadow all the way into the kitchen. She's like dragged out of the dining room all the way through the kitchen. And of course, Nancy follows, but like as she does, she gets hit by like a bunch of drawers and like a cabinet door, like all suddenly like popping out like in front of her. It's odd. Um, Then (laughs) Aunt Flora comes up behind us and she starts throwing fruit at this shadow from like a fruit bowl. The shadow then just disappears. So now they're all freaked out and they run into the hallway. Nancy like shoves them into the hall closet and is like, okay, stay in here. Don't come out because now I have to go deal with the pig man who has now (laughs) appeared in the hall behind us. 
Um, it's very clearly just a man in like a black sweatsuit with a pig mask on. Um, but he is floating. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but Nancy very bravely goes right up to him and tries to pull his mask off of his face. But the mask doesn't come off. Then he lifts her from the ground by her throat um, and pulls his own mask off. Um, but that reveals nothing but black smoke where her face should be. And then Nancy passes out. Yep. <laughs> Mercifully. <laughs> oh, gosh. Excellent. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so the next morning, Nancy wakes up. And they all have, like, these splitting headaches. And Flora tells them, I get those every time this happens and it'll go away soon. Then they kind of just, like, recap everything that happened last night. And Nancy's kind of surprised to hear that Helen and Flora seem to think that this was, like, this actual supernatural occurrence that has happened. Because Nancy is like, no way. There has to be some kind of non-supernatural explanation for everything that occurred. Um, which I'm just like, at this point, like, if it were me, I'm like, dude, shit was floating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a man floating in the hallway, Nancy. You can't tell me that wasn't a ghost. I'm going to um, write that off as supernatural. Sorry, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, she's convinced. And so Nancy starts to break it down, right? Um, she confirms first that all the doors and windows are locked. Flora says, yeah, they were. I even just had the locks replaced all last year. So everything, I know everything is secure. Um, but then Nancy finds footprints in the hall from someone who must have stepped in some of the pink sprayed grass outside. Um, it's like that pink powder that Flora used to, to color the grass. Um, and then she follows them to a bookshelf where they disappear. Hmm. Nancy immediately pulls out a candle. I don't know from where. Um, <laughs> lights it, blows it out, and then watches the smoke from the candle drift into, like, a crack, I guess, in this bookshelf. So she is determined through this candle smoke that there is a secret passageway back here um so she like feels around finds that a latch swings it open and we see the secret passageway um flora did not know about this which this is what blows my mind okay because we go and explore it right and we find a hidden room this is not like a narrow passageway or anything it's it's basically like somebody sealed off a room oh, in yeah. this house it's a full room and we haven't gotten any down any stairs at this point that that I can see. So I don't think this is underground. It's just behind the bookcase, behind the wall, you know. And I'm like, this ha this house in in this adaption is not like a big mansion or anything. It's not like a, there's a way where you could just lose a room. You right. know what I mean? It's just like a historic, beautifully b beautiful house, but it's not that big. It's not you big enough notice. to where you could you could see, you could wouldn't notice that there is just a space in your house that you couldn't get into you know what right. i mean oh my gosh but anyway they find that hidden room um it's very dusty um and in the room nancy finds like a big book of sheet music which is never explained um by the way um and of course a hidden staircase oh Yay. um down they go down the staircase and they find more pink footprints and a dark tunnel that they follow all the way outside to a boarded up well which um nancy remarks must be how the intruder got in um 
Nancy also finds like sticks like poking into the backs of like the kitchen cabinets where they must have been used to like push push and pull them out and in at Nancy while she was walking through the kitchen earlier. Um, also, she finds switches and wires that they must have used to mess with the lights. But Helen brings up an excellent point. She's like, okay, but Nancy, it all felt very real. Like, things were floating. Yeah. <laughs> How did they do that, Nancy? Um, and then we kind of call Bess and George. And Bess suggests that it could have been, like, sound waves or, like, drugged food or something that caused them to, like, hallucinate. Do you want to take it from here? Sure. Uh, so Nancy has this idea. She's like, you know what, Fl Aunt Flora, can you make us a list of all the people who have visited Twin Elms recently? Because, um, you know, it's a big house. It's an old house. It probably needs a lot of upkeep. So if you've had any, like, carpenters or plumbers, just make a list of everyone for me. Um, and so she she does. She makes this list for them. And Nancy and Helen start going through it and calling all the people on it. Nancy eventually identifies that this air conditioning company sent someone out two weeks ago, but she calls them and they're like, no, we don't have any record of that. No one, we never sent anyone out to that house. Um, and so Nancy's like, oh, all right, there we go. Someone poses an air conditioning repairman to get into the house. Let's go check out the air conditioner. So they find an air canister connected to, like, the HVAC unit connected by this hose. Um, and so Nancy's like, let's go ask our resident science person, Bess, um, to, I guess, like, isolate the chemical in the canister and deduce what the chemical itself actually is. But first she has to go to community service. <sighs> All right, so we go back to picking up trash, and we see Bess and George are kind of, like, sitting near her. Um, they've met her there because they're going to go take the air canister. But then um, Nancy's talking to the sheriff. We see this conversation between them, and Helen shows up and just, like, walks up to the sheriff and is like, Nancy, we have to go. And she's like, no, I got community service. And she's like, well, not anymore. And hands the paper to the sheriff, and he's like, all right, you're excused, Miss Drew. And Nancy's like, what was that? And Helen's like, well, it's just one of the advantages of being from one of River Heights' oldest families. You just, you can pardon people whenever you want. Obviously, what? that's how that works. Um, okay, so whatever. <laughs> Helen used her family's influence to get a judge to pardon Nancy. So indicates to us, right, that she was convicted and that this guess, was yeah. court ordered. Whatever. Okay, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> So now Nancy doesn't have to pick up trash anymore. And so Beth, George, Nancy, yes, very, very convenient. Um, the four of them go over to the chemistry lab. They actually break into their high school to go use the lab. There's this whole scene where he Helen's like, oh, Nancy, you can't actually pick a lock. And Nancy's like, oh, I would never break the law. And George is like, be serious. And Nancy's like, oh, well, yeah, obviously I'm going to break the lock, like pick the lock and break in. <laughs> Um, so the best makes a comment about how this process takes all night. So they are just kind of hanging out in this lab all night. Um, they get to work like best has got her whole chemistry setup going. And then George and Helen kind of have this little tiff between them where mm -hmm. George is obviously not pleased with Helen being the girlfriend of the bully or of the guy mm -hmm. that's been bullying Bess. Um, I mean, it's just a fight. Like, it's not super yeah. important. It's just Helen is, like, being obviously just kind of an idiot about the yeah. whole thing. And George is, like, pointing out, like, hey, you're complicit in this because you're mm -hmm. not 
taking a stand and he's your boyfriend like you need to yeah. tell him that what he's doing is not okay and she's like oh it's not that big of a deal you know whatever and like you don't understand how hard it is to be me kind of a yeah. thing um which of course george and Bess are just not impressed with right yeah. and basically just ends up with helen like poorly apologizing not really being kind of insincere mm-hmm. and then just leaving yeah, yeah. Yeah, this whole scene is just, it's very awkward because Bess and George make it very clear to Helen that they don't like her because she's mm-hmm. kind of on Derek's side, or not kind of, she is on Derek's side with this. And Helen just makes it very clear that she doesn't really, not that she doesn't think that it's wrong, she just doesn't think it should be that big of a deal. And she's like, well, it's not my fault that Derek's a jerk. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't disapprove at all, so it's kind of not great either, so whatever like like you said she leaves and then Bess tells them that she has figured out what's in the chemical it's gosh how do you pronounce this maristicin i think maristicin i think maristicin maristicin which she explains is the psychoactive compound in nutmeg um so they realize someone has been pumping this into the house to drug them to make them see things uh it also causes that nasty nausea and headache afterwards so that pretty much explains it, right? Um, so now that it's the morning, um, they because they've been in this lab all night, Nancy takes some of the compound from the canister because best like, I guess, distills it into this little, like, what do they call it? Eyedropper thing? Eyedropper thing. Yeah, it's like a little glass bottle full of it, and it's got the eyedropper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nancy takes some of that over to Derek's house <laughs> for whatever She wants to, go, like, confront him. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but on the way there, she tries to call Carson as promised because it's first thing in the morning and he doesn't answer the phone. Kind of weird because Carson and Nancy are obviously very, very close, especially in this version. Um, but okay, whatever. So she goes over to Derek's house and it does seem like they are all actually gone. Like Helen has told us, there's no cars in front of the house. No one answers the door. So Nancy, of course, uses <laughs> this as an opportunity to break in. Um, she <laughs> picks the lock to the garage, um, and she sees the car is there. It's that same car that we saw Derek and his dad getting into, same car that we saw driving away really quickly from Twin Elms. And we do see some pink grass on the tire, a little bit of pink dye. But at just this moment, the sheriff arrives and busts Nancy. <laughs> um, we end up back at the back at the police station. Hannah has to come bail us out. <laughs> Well, she arrives to bail us out, but she doesn't right. actually have to bail us out because Deputy Patrick covers for us. Um, oh he sees God. Nancy's like handcuffed to the chair in the in front of the um, the sheriff's desk, and he's like, "Oh, Nancy, I told you to wait for me." And the sheriff is like, <laughs> "What?" And she's just like, "Oh, yeah, sorry, Deputy, I must have got my wires crossed." And he's like, "Yeah, I told you I would help you, but like you couldn't break in." And then he just uncuffs Nancy, and then the sheriff is like, "Well, that's fine. Y'all can go." Uh, okay. And then Deputy Patrick is just like, I'll make sure she gets home without causing any more trauma. No more trouble for Nancy. Sure. Okay. So, um, they get back home, Hannah and Nancy do, and Hannah finds out that Nancy broke into the high school the previous night and had spent the night there. And Deputy Patrick tells us that he confirmed that the Barneses were actually out of town. He confirmed, like, with their hotel or whatever, that they did check in. So it definitely wasn't them. But someone must have been using their car. So mm-hmm. this makes Hannah actually ground Nancy and actually confiscates her longboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Nancy's like, 
well, Hannah, what did you say to my dad? And she's like, wait, uh-huh. you haven't heard from your, your dad either. That's really, really weird. Um, and so they put it together that it's now been 15 hours since anyone has last heard from Carson, which is especially weird for him. Um, so Nancy calls his bestie, Nate, and is like, you know, when did when did dad last call you? Have you heard from him about this business meeting that he was going out of town for? Um, and he's like, I haven't heard from him either, but they are at that campsite. So I'm not really surprised because there's no cell service out there. And Nancy's like, wait, what do you mean? Cell service, no cell service where he's camping. I thought he was going to a business meeting. And um, Nate's like, well, this guy that Carson was making a deal with only makes deals if he's currently camping or whatever. So he made Carson <laughs> go camping with him. So yeah, I know your dad was supposed to call you, but I wouldn't worry because he's just camping whatever um then we get a call from bess and george who say that they are going to con a spice company in an effort to like track down the latest like large volume purchase of nutmeg to see if they can find who might have bought it to use it as a drug okay um so nancy is still very upset about carson possibly being missing so she starts snooping through his desk and finds a a reservation confirmation for a motel which also doesn't line up because if he's camping why would he also have have a motel booked a hotel right so um she immediately runs into uh, she sneaks out of the house and in doing so runs into helen who has come over um because she's crying because she is upset she tells nancy she has just broken up with derek she figured that was going to be the right thing because she realized what a jerk he is um so the two of them decide to steal hannah's car (laughs) which is kind of cute because it's a little blue convertible mini which we see we like a scene of nancy Mm -hmm. and helen in a blue convertible driving down the road but it would be much better if Nancy could drive, which she cannot do <laughs> at all. And I think I think she can drive, but I think it's a manual. And so I think that's, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's really tripping her up. And so they're just like every four seconds, they're like come to a sudden stop all of a sudden. And then they try to jolt forward and Nancy like jerks the oh, car in the wrong direction. Painful. And they end up. <laughs> They end up breaking down on Baker Street, I will say. That was a nice little touch. Oh, yeah, I you didn't see the that. street sign that says Baker Street. So okay. they, um, they break down and um, Nancy and Helen start having this conversation. And uh, Helen tells Nancy that, you know, what Bess and George had said to her at the chem lab really resonated with her. Um, she felt like she, she realized she was kind of the villain in this situation and did not want to be associated. Well, Derek is the actual villain in this association, but she didn't want to be associated with him because he is such a jerk. Um, and Nancy kind of also comes around and she says, you know, maybe vengeance wasn't the right choice to go with, even though Derek got what was coming to him. Uh, you know, I could have gone about this in a better way. So she and Nancy kind of make friends and they're, they're cool now. Everything is all good. Uh, but then they decide to, um, well, they're already on their way there. And Nancy decides to keep trying to to drive over to the motel where Carson was staying. In my mind, I wonder if the, we don't actually see this. I think we actually do see Nancy pull, like, pull off of the side of the road and continue down. But in my mind, they switch places and Helen drives. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see Helen driving a lot. Helen has a car. And so it's, yeah. it's like this whole thing. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So they make it to the, the motel finally. And I guess they are able to get his room keys from the front desk somehow, uh, which in itself is a mystery to me. But um, <laughs> so they go into his room and he is not there. Um, 
They find his cell phone in there, though, which is concerning. Um, why would you leave it if you were going somewhere? Right. Um, so Nancy is like panicking at this point. Um, but then she notices that the uh, motel has like security cameras outside. So they go up to the front desk and try to convince the front desk person to let them see the security footage. Of course, the person at the front desk is reluctant to give this to them. They're like, I just gave you the keys to his room. I'm like, what more do you want from me? But in a very, like, <laughs> scene reminiscent of, like, Sherlock and, like, zooms in on, like, these different things in the scene, Nancy basically realizes that uh, the front desk person is drinking, that there is alcohol in their coffee cup. And so basically they threaten, like, oh, your boss wouldn't be happy if they knew you were drinking on the job. So show us the footage, right? Or we'll yeah. um, So uh, they do. Um, and we see Carson being chloroformed and kidnapped in the parking lot. Yep. Uh, of course, this is movie chloroforming, not real chloroforming. So they just put a rag over his face for like two seconds and he passes out. And then they take the rag away and they put him in the car. Um, what is which science? will irritate me yeah. <laughs> until my dying breath. But... Um, yeah, that's how he's kidnapped. Um, you can't see the kidnapper's face in this, but Nancy does see the car and sees that it has like this skull sticker on the back window, which feels familiar to her somehow, but she can't place it. But at this point, though, Bess and George call. They were successful in their um, conning of the spice company. How? Um, Bess. How? Bess. <laughs> Bess got like dressed up in like a business suit and a briefcase and this sucks because that is the one scene that I really wanted to see I wanted yeah. to see what Bess said to those people in there um, but we don't actually get that we just get the scene before and the scene after that they were successful they dress her up like she's going undercover to make her look like oh she's this a important business, business lady yeah. doing a business deal but really she just looks like she's going to church like, she yeah. just looks like a 16-year-old yeah. girl dressed up for Sunday uh -huh. church, and that's uh -huh. that's all it is. I really wish that they had, like, recruited Hannah or something. Yeah. Because Hannah has a bakery, right? Yeah, and that so would make sense. And so it would have made sense for Hannah to go into the Spice Company or even, and just have them, like, distract or distract whoever it is so that. George and Bess can sneak somewhere or something. I wanted Hannah to be more in on it than she was. Um, and Nancy and Helen could have still stolen her car or something. Yeah. Like maybe her help would have been contingent on Nancy staying put or something. And then she doesn't stay put. But yeah. I, anyway. Anyway. Oh, well. Um, so they're successful. They found the name of the nutmeg buyer and they tell it to Nancy. It's Willie Wharton. Oh. Oh. Surprise, surprise. Um, so with this in new information from Bess and George, Nancy's memory is jogged and she realizes that the car that kidnapped Carson belongs to Willie Wharton because she remembers seeing the same sticker or symbol or something on like Willie Wharton's like sweater or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so she realizes, oh, okay, so Willie Wharton is the one who kidnapped my dad and he's the one haunting Twin Elms, right? Because he bought the nutmeg. So Nancy calls Deputy Patrick and asks him to meet them at Twin Elms because she has a theory that this is where her dad is being held. She says that they, Wharton doesn't know that they know that the secret passageway exists because um, obviously they had left by the time that they found it or really Wharton had left by the time that they had found it the other day. And so she thinks that that is the most logical place for Carson 
to be. Um, so Deputy Patrick gets to Twin Elms first, but he like pauses in the yard. He even like draws his gun and radios the sheriff for like backup because I guess hopefully Nancy explained the situation to him and he realizes it could be um, serious. Um, but before he can actually radio the sheriff, um, or he can like say anything through the radio, someone jumps him, chloroforms him in the same way they chloroformed Carson, um, and steals his gun. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't see his face at first, but after a minute and after he like puts Patrick back in his, in the, his police car or sheriff truck or whatever. <laughs> the, um, the sheriff truck. Sheriff truck. We see that it's actually Nate. Shocking. So surprising. Yeah, well, I mean, if you didn't know, if you hadn't read the book and realized that the bad guy was Nathan Gomer, you wouldn't have known. Oh, I might have. I don't know. I felt like they were (laughs) dropping some heavy hints so far, and he just seemed slimy from the get-go. He did seem slimy from the get-go. But, (laughs) um, yeah, but for those of, of us who have read... The, you know and knew that it was it was a not i felt like it was a nice sure. little use of that character yeah but then nancy and helen make it there and they find patrick knocked out in his car and they can't even wake him up which is not how chloroform works but they can't wake him up um they do see the chloroform rag on the ground and then realize that wharton must be here right he did the same thing to patrick that he did to carson so he's got to be here somewhere with carson so they decide to go into the secret passageway through the well in the backyard or whatever without any backup, without calling from the sheriff or anybody else, the Helen's family, Derek. They could have called Derek. I don't know. I don't know. It's just yeah. like, you guys, <laughs> why are we doing this? Um but they go into the into the tunnel, and we see uh, Wharton in the secret room with a tied-up Carson. Um, Carson is conscious now and asks Wharton, like, why are you doing this? What's going on? Wharton says that Carson is too good of a lawyer, and do- he doesn't want to co- him to convince any more people to change their minds about the train, basically. Um, he also tells him that he has some paperwork for him to sign, um, and he takes him into Twin Elms, where Nate is waiting with Flora. Um, they're, like, in the dining room. At this point, Nancy and Helen have, like, snuck all the way in, like, behind them and are just watching them in the dining room. Um, Carson is, of course, shocked to find Nate is, like, the instigator on in all this, right? Because he thought that he and Nate were BFFs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Nate explains that the train company is actually paying him a lot of money to, quote-unquote, deliver Twin Elms. Uh, basically, like get flora to sell it so that the train company can use her property also we learn that nate is in a lot of debt um so that's why he's uh, desperate for this money right everything was going fine (laughs) until nancy got involved um famous words um so of course he had to move up the timeline and so that's why they have kidnapped carson and now have both him and flora tied to chairs in the dining room and trying to force Flora to sign this contract of sale, which, of course, she's refusing to do. Um, And now Willie wants to kill Carson uh, because he knows that there's no way that uh, Carson won't talk about this after, you know, this all goes down and 
Carson, bless him, is not helping his own case. He's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to tell people about this. (laughs) Um, Oh, Carson, come on. I know. (laughs) Lie. Just lie. Be like, no, I won't. I won't say a thing. You know, just lie. Yeah. To maybe not what make people want to kill you. I don't know. It's just a thought. Whatever. Um, (laughs) um, Nate, though, doesn't want to kill him, I guess, because he still has, like, warm fuzzies about being Carson's friend or something. Why not? I don't know. Um, He also says, like, hey, you know, that's okay. I've been forging Carson's signature ever since he came to River Heights. So we can just do that. Um, And I... He also has, like, this plan to, like, frame Derek's family somehow. I don't really know. Is that why he stole the car? Yes, yeah, that he was using their car to, like, come to Twin Elms and haunt it. But, like, what is what is he framing them for if the haunting, if we're supposed to believe the haunting is real? Right. And what is there to blame them? That's a plot hole, I felt like. I well, don't clearly they didn't murder Carson if they have, al- yeah. had, like, an already shown alibi that they're out of town. <laughs> So, right. Okay. Well, and also, he says he doesn't want to kill Carson. Right. Like it's he's like it's okay. Someone else will take the fall for it, and it's like, but for so just what? Aunt Flora you, for kidnapping because Carson's there. Like he sees you, so I don't know what yeah. you mean. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Um, that's a weird one. But right as they're like, he's talking about all this. He's like laying out basically his. It's his villain speech, right? Um. Flora stabs Willie in the hand with her pen. She also has an amazing line where she says, I did not survive four husbands to be killed by your sorry butt. (laughs) T-Man Flora. I love her. Seriously. Seriously. Um, Then once, you know, this is all coming to a head, Nancy uh, Nancy and Helen have come up with this plan and Helen goes back into... Um, the secret room and has started messing with all the lights, right? To freak people out. Then Nancy slams the back door in the kitchen, causing Willie to like hear it and start to go after her. Um, But as soon as he starts through the kitchen, Helen starts hitting him with all the cabinets and the drawers with the little, you know, sticks in the wall and everything. Um, This does slow him down, um, but eventually he makes it back to the secret passageway because of course he's trying to stop the person who's using the sticks and everything, mm-hmm. um, and starts attacking Helen. He, like, grabs her and, like, pulls her to the ground and everything. Um, but Nancy comes in behind him and hits him over the head with a pot lid and knocks him down the hidden staircase. Wonderful. Um, where he falls unconscious. Um, um, but now at this point, Nate has come into the secret room as well, grabbed Helen, um, and is, like, holding her and everybody else at gunpoint. So the doorbell rings at this point, and holding Helen, he like looks out like at the through the, like the window in the front door, but he can't see anyone. So he just goes outside. He like drags Helen with him outside while holding a gun to her head. Why would you do this? I have no idea. I'm like, dude, interesting choice. I guess he's freaking out at this point, basically. Sure. Um, but so he steps fully outside, and when he does. <laughs> funny nancy grabs his neck with a plastic lawn flamingo and pulls him to the ground with it Mm. like like crooks him like you're caning somebody off stage like what pulls him to the ground 
um, and then pours the entire bottle of the nutmeg juice drug <laughs> down his throat. Um, so his gun goes flying and he's, I guess, immediately hallucinating uh, with this distilled maristocin or whatever um, in his system. Helen goes inside to like untie everyone but by now, Nate is super high and is, like, running around and is, like, being freaked out by, like, all the plastic flamingos everywhere. It's a very funny scene. Yeah. Um, and then the sheriff shows up and arrests him and Willie and takes them away. Then Bess and George show up. And, of course, all four girls are, like, good friends now that Helen has broken up with Derek and the mystery has resolved. Um, we even see them later all hanging out and Helen tells us that her cousin Emily is coming back to River Heights to get married at the Lilac Inn and she invites them all, um, to come to the wedding for some fun. Um, and Nancy kind of proclaims like, oh, I don't know. After all this, I'm done with mysteries. And then she just like looks directly to the camera and is like, just kidding. <laughs> Do you think that that was a setup for a sequel? That had oh, this yeah. done well enough at the box office, we would have gotten Lilac in as our second movie? Definitely. But I feel like they do that in a lot of things. And it's well, really true. just kind of like a hedging your bets kind of thing. Sure. Where it's like, if this is super successful, this opens a door for us to make another one. Fair enough. Um, yeah. And if not, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So, so, yes. But Yeah. That would have been interesting. I don't know that I would have watched that one if they had made a sequel, but wow, really? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Know. It just didn't feel like Nancy, and yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So let's start there. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Sophia Lillis is an amazing actress. Uh, oh, not this denying is that. Not on Sophia Lillis at all. It was just definitely not. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if this had to do with the direction of her acting or what but she was definitely kind of gawky and and awkward and what was the way I wrote it and where I was like that's that's what it feels like to me yeah she seems awkward and troublemaking yeah. instead of poised and mischievous yeah which is the subtle difference <laughs> well poised and awkward not so much but sure between troublemaking and mischievous um and I don't like yeah. the difference the way that they portray yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We um I don't think Nancy, our book Nancy, would have ever done the whole bullying venge mm -mm. vengeance scene with the blue dye. No. Nancy would never go out of her way to seek revenge. She would let the authorities handle it. She either that or she would set up a trap and like right. let him expose himself. Yeah. Rather yeah. than turning around and almost bullying him because you can mm -hmm. kind of say it that way and then Derek has this like oh well now I'm the victim because this bad yeah. thing has happened to me Nancy would never give him the satisfaction of that she would make him expose himself and then she would just be worried about Bess you know she wouldn't be like oh well obviously we need to go dye his skin blue it just right. felt really weird and forced and that was a good like first half hour of this 90 minute movie we yeah. don't even start it the was, mystery until yeah. like halfway through it was too much and it was definitely an interesting choice for a couple reasons. And I think that the bullying focus was definitely supposed to be some kind of like topical, what should we tell the kids about? What should we teach the kids about today? Right. Bullying, you know? Um, it was definitely part of that. But I definitely think it was also meant to characterize Beth 
Um, because Bess is also very different in this adaption in that she's not like kind of a classic girly girl. Yeah. Um, she's and you know, into boys and fashion or whatever. She is very shy, kind of portrayed as being like a nerd. She's into science and all that stuff, which is very different um, than a lot of the other characterization we see of Bess. But there were some things there that were still super accurate to the best portrayal and that she was still clumsy and she was still self-conscious, right? Um, she was even like talking about there are scenes where like she gets offered like food and like donuts and stuff. She's like, oh, I shouldn't eat that because I'm breaking out right now, yeah. um, which I thought was a really interesting way to put that in there. And so I feel like the bullying was trying to like underpin that and see like, this is why Bess is self-conscious and allow Bess to express that self-consciousness so that Bess still seems like Bess um, without, you know, and, and giving her that, that impetus to show that part of her personality so that that character still feels grounded in, you know, the Nancy Drew universe. But ultimately, yeah, it makes no sense because I feel like in the Nancy Drew world, Nancy never deals with anything like this. Like bullying, no. while awful and, and can be criminal, isn't always like a criminal act. You know what I mean? And so it's not something that she's ever we've ever seen her have to deal with aside from like maybe in some of the series that are geared toward younger kids in books that we haven't read, you know? Um, and so I just don't know how Nancy would even, would even deal with this if we're thinking about, like, the original series. Like, coming up against bullying, what would we expect Nancy to do? And I don't even know that I would expect her to do anything. Right. And this might be, like, a, a hot take or something, but honestly, I kind of feel like she might tell Bess to just suck it up. Uh, yeah, honestly, sometimes. <laughs> You know, thinking of of it as being more of like a moral failing to not be able to be resilient and probably um, yeah. in the face of that um, or stand up for yourself somehow, but without compromising your own like self-esteem, mm -hmm. but, you know, without like going after someone like that. And so, yeah, so I don't even know that Nancy would really address it <laughs> it would have all, to be like you know? a small child instead of like i'm gonna protect right. Bess. it would have to be like oh this small child is in danger and i'm gonna go yeah expose the the person that's doing that to them she wouldn't mm -hmm. be protective over her own people her own age or older than her it would yeah. have to be a five-year-old or something right you know? right 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 like yeah that. yeah and then in that case she would just talk to the child's parents or something Right. And yeah. and I think it, it's, of course, challenging because in the in the typical stories in the original series and even in the especially in the revised versions, we live in such an idealized society in a lot of ways that oh, it's yeah. like <laughs> it wouldn't really be an issue because whoever like if she did speak to someone's parents about something and be like, oh, I can't believe he's done that. I'll immediately address this or, you know, she'll report someone to the authorities and they're like, oh, of course, we'll follow up with that right away, Miss Drew kind of right. a thing. So it would never really be an issue like it is I here. I have to take this into my own hands yeah. and do this. 
Also, right. the just the bullying, the die thing would have never worked. She never yes. would have gotten away with that. I'm sorry, it's so unrealistic. But I also wish yeah. that they had let because you were talking about the the best characterization. I wish they would have let Bess have a little bit more character development. I feel like mm. Helen. If anything, we get the most character development from Helen. Right. Of her realizing, yeah, I'm kind of condoning this bullying behavior by not standing mm-hmm. up to Derek, and I'm gonna see that it's the right thing to do, and then actually take those steps see that nothing with Bess we never see her start to like feel better about herself or mm-hmm. say you know what I can love myself even if this stuff is going on and she she doesn't ever learn from that even Nancy herself just course corrects we don't know what Nancy yeah. was like pre-mom's death but it feels like yeah. all this all of this is just her acting out in response to mom's death it's not that Nancy was ever actually right. um, you know the one to go out of her way to stand up to people it's just she's doing all these things that end up getting her in a lot of trouble because of that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end we see her be like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best way to handle it. It wasn't even really yeah. character development. It was just course correction, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. As far as Bess goes, I think there must have been something like that in there for her, though, with the Spice Company scene. Because I feel like they we, cut something. Yeah, there, there must yeah. have been something that got edited out because the they set it up to where like George dresses her up in this in this outfit and she feels like uncomfortable and like not confident or whatever. But that's then true. Yeah, when she comes out, she's successful and you can tell that like they feel like really happy and she feels confident with what she was able to do. I feel like we must have there must be a a version that has that scene there must be a scene that got cut of her in there that. becoming confident yes. yeah that would have been um, nice yeah i agree Aww. what a shame that they cut that because that was i felt like that was necessary for the whole best arc and she didn't yeah, really even get her arc that's how we start the movie right and so it feels like to not end it with that is a little or if like you know at the end when when Best George, Helen, and Nancy are all sitting there. We could have had some kind of scene of resolution with, mm-hmm. like, between Bess and Derek, maybe. Not necessarily Derek, anything to do with Derek, like, apologizing or anything like that. But Bess being able to feel confident in the face of him. Right. You know what I mean? That would have been, nice. been nice. But, yeah. yeah. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, it just yeah. felt like everybody else's arc was just too short. Yeah, and I mean Carson was great, but he didn't really need a lot of character development. Sure. I liked his yeah. characterization though a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like had Nancy been a little bit truer to the Nancy Drew of the books, and um, yeah, and 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 if that was the case, then she wouldn't have needed any kind of like character development. Like Nancy could have stayed static yeah. while the people around her had changed. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. Um, but yeah, no, I especially liked Helen, Helen's character in general, because yeah. I thought it was super interesting when I was thinking about okay, this, this adaption is more based off the original series than it was the re- revised version of, of Hidden Staircase is based off the original text. Um, because Nancy's obviously 16, um, you know, Flora and Rosemary are friends, they're not related um it just felt more more like the original i feel like in my brain than the revised know. text i felt like it was the revised but nancy was 16 because helen's Maybe. not in that and they're maybe yeah, it's just and the it's old true, lady sisters yeah and... 
I haven't read the original, so I guess I wouldn't be able to say if it was or wasn't. But that was where I was in my brain. And I was thinking about what you were saying about Helen um, being like a gossip or whatever in the original text. And I was like, oh, that's so classic that they would make Helen this like kind of like frivolous, uh, you know, gossipy rich girl or whatever. It just felt like that's nice, like a nice like little nod. (laughs) You know what I mean? That, That is true. Yeah. 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 I'm glad they all were friends in the end, though. That was me that too. Was cute. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, and I like having Bess and George along with Helen. It feels very like full circle somehow. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Felt nice. Justice for Helen. I want more Helen in the books. Me too. She got married and got boring. Yeah. <laughs> what happens to some of us? <laughs> well, I think that was kind of the point of making Helen that way. Right. It's disappointing that yeah. a woman should have to be characterized that way, but whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other story. So Definitely. Definitely. Well, what else you got? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. I don't know. I I think just like in general, the reason why I enjoyed this so much is because it, yeah, it felt like a a movie for a younger audience. Um, I think it was definitely yeah. yeah and and there are plot holes I can definitely see the plot holes and I can definitely see your critique of it too Corey with like you know not really feeling like Nancy Drew and like having you know some things missing from it um, but overall I felt like when I was watching it it felt joyful to me and maybe yeah. because a lot of it was reminiscent of like movies that I watched when I was like you know, early sure. 2000s, like girl power movies. You know what I yeah. mean? This is definitely reminiscent of that. But I think I appreciated it for that, even though I felt like it was cringe. Yeah. <laughs> some point. I feel you like know? if I was younger I watching this for the first time, yeah. like if this had come out when we were like 10, I probably would have liked it then. But now I just, right. it just wasn't yeah. it for me. I don't know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. What about you? What else do you have to say about it? I think that's all I've got. Um, Carolyn Keene is credited in the credits, but just a small note, just based on the books by Carolyn Keene. A little bit nice to see a Mildred or Harriet reference there, but that's okay. I don't expect that, but it is cute. And the credits, um, at the opening credits, um, are blue and yellow. They flash oh, yeah. blue and yellow. I yeah. noticed that. That was cute. Uh, which I thought was nice. There, It's very much the blue and yellow of the, um, the flashlight. reprinted, revised. Yeah. Um, the hardback, shiny hardback, mm-hmm. blue and yellow ones. The flashlight you know. editions. Is that yeah. what they're, they are? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just yeah. makes my heart warm. Okay. Um, Good. Thinking about it. And... So, yeah. So, a divisive one. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, our flashlight scores might be vastly different. Yes. What would Ooh. you rate it? Oh, gosh. I think I would give it a 3.75. Okay. Wow. I really want to give it a 4, but it loses a lot for the Nancy characterization being so off. Um, but it keeps a lot for I think the plot being pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> okay. What about you? Uh two. I'm gonna give it yeah. a two. Yeah, I can't give it more <laughs> than a two. Maybe a one and a half, but Ooh. I'll say two. I'll say two. Okay. Yeah. I think it's fair. 
Wow, that is going to make the next one very interesting. So for 54, <laughs> yes, yeah. we are going to do the 1938 Benita Granville Hidden Staircase movie, uh, um, which is, of course, the revision wasn't around right. yet. Right. Oh, this will be so interesting. I wonder if we'll flip again. <laughs> like, I wonder if you'll like that one more and I'll like it less. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I have high hopes for it, but Me I mean, yeah, I really like the original text anyway of the book. So sure. hopefully, hopefully they didn't um, change too much of it. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll have to see. And we sure will. It will have to speak for itself as well. I think, you know, it has yeah. to be good standalone too. So definitely very excited to do that and have you guys listen. Yeah. Um, so we will see you there, regular Drews. <laughs> see you next time. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there... Thanks for listening. listening.